are listening to Living for the Cinema with Jeff Gershon. I am a cinema enthusiast of all genres, here to discuss with you one film every episode. The good, the bad, and the ugly of what makes each film unique. Spoiler alert! No matter when this film was released, there's a good possibility I will be revealing spoilers about the plot, or even possibly the ending. So just be warned. Joyride, which came out in 2023. It was directed by Adele Lim. It stars Ashley Park, Sherry Cola, Stephanie Zhu, Sabrina Wu, David Denman, Annie Momolo, Desmond Scheim, Meredith Hagner, Alexander Hodge, Chris Pang, and Daniel Day Kim. The genre would be raunchy comedy. Best friends trip. This is going to be iconic. You would like that? You do understand this is a work trip for me. Audrey, I got you. Look at me. You're thinking about a dick. Damn it, you're right. Look at me, look at me, look at me now. I love a grand adventure. I heard that if you keep up with Chinese businessmen, they respect you more. If you do not know where you come from, how do you know who you are? I'm just a garbage American who only speaks English. And a little golem. My precious little filthy orbits. Do you guys have that here? Yeah. We have, it's all over the world. I'm not racist. You don't like boba and you never fucked an Asian guy. Damn, still? When I masturbate, I sometimes fantasize about Splinter. He's Asian. He's a rat. He's a good father. On the surface, Joyride initially feels like a female subversion of your typical 80s sex comedy where we follow three or four dudes on a foreign excursion with one common goal in mind. And there is one extended sequence taking place one night in Beijing at a hotel where our four single female protagonists live it up with a professional basketball team led by former NBA star Baron Davis, played by himself. And it's a very funny sequence, if nothing else than for the comically diverse means that we see our characters use to each explore their sexual desires, including the use of a basketball, of course. Watching this sequence, I was also reminded of how in today's media culture, it has become so easy to justify virtually any type of sexual act between two or more consenting adults under the convenient catch-all phrase of being, quote, sex positive. We even hear one character utter this phrase multiple times throughout the movie. And it just made me laugh, I think, with the movie's character. Because it's one thing to explain away any type of behavior with the word, quote, positive, and it's another thing to visualize it. And movies are a visual medium, after all, so why not? There are a sizable number of raunchy and or drug-fueled scenarios which we see play out within this, quote, girl trip comic adventure through China and South Korea. And for the most part, they're quite funny. And they each serve as punctuation to what is at its core a sweet story about female friendship and finding your identity when you're different from everyone around you. I don't think I've ever been around only Asian people. I mean, we look like everyone else for once. I think we blend right in. Yeah, but... People here can tell Chinese Chinese from American Chinese. What do you mean? See? Okay. Hong Kong Chinese. Bluetooth. Shanghai Chinese. Bougie. Ooh. Taiwanese. Weird but cute. Aww. What kind of Chinese are they? What the fuck is wrong with you? Are you trying to get canceled? Those are Koreans. Oh. That's howdy fun. It's a K-pop group. Yeah. They all have the same face. That's how you can tell. Leading the charge is Ashley Park playing Audrey, an overachieving attorney who is itching for a promotion and is tasked with going to Beijing to close an important deal with a wealthy Chinese potential client. She is also the adopted Chinese child of a white couple living in a small Midwestern town. And she becomes close childhood friends with Lolo, played by Cherry Cola, who is the only other Chinese kid in this small town. 
Lolo has grown up into an underachieving aspiring artist who rents the garage next door from Audrey, but also speaks fluent Mandarin Chinese, which Audrey does not. So she comes along on the trip to serve as a translator. And both actresses are boisterous, funny, and have strong chemistry together. Add into the mix Deadeye, played by Sabrina Wu, who tags along for the flight, and more beyond that. They are an arrested development type, very much in the vein of Zach Galifianakis from The Hangover. Very socially awkward, but with a few key obsessions, theirs being K-pop. And the fourth rung of this band is K, Audrey's actress friend who she went to college with, who is currently working and living in China on a popular soap opera show. She's a born-again virgin who's now engaged to her Adonis, as the female gaze camera reminds us of Off the Bat co-star, played by Desmond Chiaim, who certainly leaves an impression once he appears on screen. Well, at least his chest does. Kat and I thank God every day for bringing us together. Oh, are you two what? Bible thumpers? Oh, I, I have always been a woman of God. I mean, remember, that was one of the first things I told you when we met, right, Audrey? That... I am a good Christian girl saving myself for marriage. Wait, what? wait, 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 wait. You two have never had sex. Our connection is based on spiritual, not physical intimacy. Did you have a spiritual connection when the Jonas Brothers were Eiffel Towering you? <laughs> and his character is also very religious, so he and Kay are now, quote, saving themselves for marriage. And Kay is played by a recent Oscar nominee from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Stephanie Zhu. In a very game performance, as her character seems to have some of the more wild swings into drug-fueled horny behavior. And once they get to Beijing, Audrey has her meeting at a high-end bar with the client, an uncredited Ronnie Xiang, and a similar over-the-top performance to his recent role in Megan. You know the recent horror film with the homicidal doll? Well, he plays the boss in that movie. And his character just seems to want to party. Audrey, we're you and me, you and me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, let's fucking go. Yeah, you're evens, okay? Uh, you got this. Close this fucking deal. That's my bitch. Oh, my. And the other three seem to get in on the fun, too. There are eggs consumed within shots, slap games, just a raucous, debaucherous time is had by all. And it also comes out at this point that not only would the client prefer to do business with someone who has genuine familial ties in China, but that Audrey has just found out some key information about her real birth mother, who might be a train ride away. So, yep, you can see where this is going. Of course, our Fab Four then embark on an adventure to find said birth mother, and hilarity ensues. Sex isn't shameful, it's beautiful. Like the noises. The banter and gags fly fast and furious, with the performances uniformly strong. It's hard to choose one standout, though that might be Ashley Park, who holds her own in the funny department, but also does well bringing some pathos to her character, while never bogging the story down tonally. And after her multifaceted performance in Everything Everywhere All at Once, Stephanie Sue proves once again just how gifted a physical comedian she can be. She is key to several of the more outrageous gags. There is one running gag about a vagina tattoo. Yeah, you heard that right. Vagina tattoo. Which her character apparently has, but is now trying to conceal. And this gag is probably stretched out a bit too much throughout the movie, though most of the humor really lands. Beyond that, there's also this whole building subplot relating to K-pop, which I myself personally found more clever than funny. But then again, I'm a white dude who has never actually listened to K-pop, so maybe I wasn't meant to. BTS ARMY always comes through. At Cinderella 88, so we should be good to go. 
Just act confident. We're Brownie Tuesday. We're a brand new group. We just did our debut in Shanghai. Our first single has nine million downloads. Everyone remember their names? Sassy. Cutie. Lisa. Lisa. Two. We got this. We got this. And that's one key strength of this comedy, which I can certainly see others online finding to be a, quote, wokeness for Joyride. I mean, there is some humor here, which can be quite insular, focusing on this specific ethnic group, along with the relationships to Americans and Koreans. For me, though, the performances and brisk pacing sell it enough for much of their circumstances to feel more universal. And I still found myself, along with the audience, laughing throughout the movie. Hello, it's so nice to see you. Um, I hear that you're living in Audrey's garage and and drawing penises now. I I told you, Lolo is an amazing artist. I do body positive art. Interesting. Uh, And remind me of your name again. My legal name is Vanessa. Call me Deadeye. Where did that come from? You know, I think I get it. This brings me to the categories. The first category would be the best needle drop. This is the best song cue or piece of score used throughout the runtime of the film. This movie has a fun, lively soundtrack loaded with hip-hop and K-pop, of course. But for me, the standout was a young up-and-coming, and I mean really young, upstart all-girl power-pop rock band hailing from Los Angeles called the Linda Lindas. Yeah, the Linda Lindas. They performed the boisterous punkish anthem, Growing Up, which we hear over a fun early montage of Audrey and Lolo. Yep, you guessed it growing up together as close friends. The song is from their debut album of the same name, which was released just last year. Discovering this band was just a kick, as I could actually call them kids without feeling old. They formed about five years ago, two of them are sisters, and every member of the band is between the ages of 12 and 18, believe it or not. Yeah, they just have a fun sound, and I look forward to hearing more from them in the future. The next category would be Wasted Talent. This is the most underutilized talent involved with the film. As of the time I was writing and recording this review, Joyride was having its opening weekend at the box office. Despite receiving strong buzz coming out of festivals from earlier this spring, receiving strong reviews across the board, and getting a pretty aggressive marketing campaign from its studio Lionsgate, it looks as though this film will finish sixth at the box office this weekend, which is just disappointing. This movie is by all criteria a legitimate crowd pleaser. Like I just said, the audience that I saw it with was laughing throughout the movie. Now granted, the overall theatrical market for full-on comedies, let alone very R-rated comedies, has been pretty thin over the past several years. In recent years, we've had the occasional mid-level R-rated comedy hit along the lines of Good Boys, Game Night, or Blockers. But do you know how long it's been since an R-rated comedy cracked $100 million domestic? Six years. Girls Trip, back in 2017. Just sad. Now, the overall story of Joyride and just how successful it ends up being is not set in stone as of yet. But bottom line, I've said it before and I will say it again. If we as an audience want more original movies to get released, along with more films geared towards an adult audience, we need to support them or else it's wasted talent.
The next category would be the trailer moment. This is the scene or moment that best describes this movie. Now, regarding that extended sequence, which I mentioned earlier, including our four protagonists and their wild night with various members of that local basketball team in that hotel in Beijing, there is a brief postscript to that scene from the morning after, which might very well be the funniest of the film. Let's just say that it mainly revolves around Baron Davis. That's all I'll say. The final category would be the MVP. This is the person or people who are most responsible for the success of this film. Joyride is the directorial debut of longtime screenwriter Adele Lim. She's been a steady TV writer since 2000 before breaking out on the big screen as a co-writer on Crazy Rich Asians just a few years ago. Good movie. This movie certainly had some of that film's social commentary and a small bit of its melodrama, but it's mainly a hard R-rated road comedy. Comparisons to The Hangover or Bridesmaids are not off-base, as you have a small group of characters who are each distinct types. And for an R-rated ensemble comedy in that subgenre, this movie not only delivers the laughs, but it looks great and it moves well, too. It tops out at a lean 95 minutes. Love it. Obviously, the cast came to play, as the four main leads are each fantastic. The screenplay by Cherry Chavat Pramrong and Teresa Xiao, along with Lim, includes several gems of dialogue, and it's well-structured. And across the board, the technical aspects are also strong, especially a lot of eye-popping costume design from Beverly Hyun. But for a good comedy to come together like this, you need a strong captain steering the ship, who will not only oversee all of those aspects, but manage all of the hidden intangibles involved, geared towards achieving the primary goal of said comedy, which is to be funny. Crafting a good comedy can be akin to crafting a good musical. So much of it comes down to timing and how scenes flow from one to the other. And for pulling off the funniest movie of 2023 so far, with her first go at it, Adele Lim is the MVP. And my natural happy place is in this kind of raunchy pocket. And so for this movie, we set out to make a movie we wish we had growing up, um, that we weren't, we didn't feel constrained by anything. We just went balls out uh, and, you know... To, the, to Lionsgate's credit, like nobody ever to- stepped in and told us, you know, to hold back. They just encouraged us to lean all the way in. My rating for Joyride would be four and a quarter stars out of five. <laughs> if you're looking for a breezy 95 minutes of nonstop laughs, see this movie and bring your friends and family. Age appropriate ones, of course, as it is quite raunchy. And yes, of course, if you're looking to see Joyride, it is currently now playing in theaters. And that ends another Balls Out review. Please like, subscribe, and share the Living for the Cinema podcast. And follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And join us next time for another review from Living for the Cinema. Living for the Cinema.